Well, it's great to be uh, speaking. Uh, I think it's now the fourth, fourth Merry Quick Christmas sermon. How about that? That's bizarre. All right. Now, Christmas, how many times do you go to Christmas parties at Christmas? So many times. This is a bit, today we've got two, and I think it could be my seventh or eighth for the month. Uh, for many people who are not Christians, but still enjoy the Christmas festivities, gathering together is really enjoyable, isn't it? It's part of it. It's, um, it's being with family, it's being with friends. And so, so many of us will have the workplace Christmas party and we'll have the cricket club barbecue and we'll have drinks with the housemates. And then we have our family gatherings as well. Ever since I was born, um, we, we've had big Caroline family gatherings. My, my great-grandmother, which, who we called Marnie, Marnie and Pop, they lived in Darabin, and they used to have these enormous Caroline uh, Christmas di- dinners, and everyone had to be there, and you all had to bring a present, and everyone got a present, so she actually had a stash of spare presents. And um, if you were musical, you had to perform as well. And so everyone had to perform, and, and we used to all hate it, but we used to all do it. Even Auntie Marg would perform, who she'd sing a silent night, and my mum said, used to always say every year the same thing, she has vibrato so big you can drive a truck through it, which is always said. And I'm sure many of us will have eccentric family uh, parties today, where the funny uncle or the strange you know, relatives you don't see except for Christmas Day, you'll be there. But nevertheless, we know it's so important. We know that being together is really important at Christmas Day. And if you've ever been away from your family at Christmas time, you know how strange that feels. Um, Even if you don't get along with your family, you feel it. You wish you could be around people. And there are some people who have no one to celebrate Christmas with. No one to sit around a table with and pass the gravy to, no one to um, give presents to or receive presents from, no one to talk to, no one to be loved by or to love. And this is not the way things are supposed to be. The Bible says that God made us to be in relationship with each other. And so if you look at the very beginning of the story of the Bible, God creates Adam and it's no good. He needs to create Eve too because they need each other. They need, people need each other. And in fact, um, those of you who know a little bit about Christian theology, God himself is a picture of community. He's one God, but three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And the Father loves the Son and the Spirit and the Son loves the Father and the Spirit and the Spirit loves the Father and the Son and together um, they are one God. And that's why we say as Christians, God is love. And so the Christmas story shows us that this is true. The Christmas story shows us that God believes in relationships and believes in loving each other. In our Christmas Bible reading from Matthew 1 today, um, we heard about the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph were engaged, uh, not yet married, and then God supernaturally put um, a baby inside Mary, and Joseph got pretty concerned because he had nothing to do with that process, and he felt um, a sense of shame and worry what was going to happen, and so he thought... What we need to do here is um, just break up. I think it would just be best for me just to get away from this woman because who knows where she, what she's been doing. Um, 
And he thought he'd do it honourably and quietly. And it was as good as a divorce. In fact, in some of the translations of the Bible, it uses the word divorce. And it would have been a disaster for Mary. She would have been left as a single mother and she would have been probably kicked out of her home. It would have been the end of her kind of life as she knew it. But Joseph didn't need to get divorced from Mary and an angel appears. And to make sure, the angel appeared to make sure that he didn't break up with Mary. And and, 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 uh, the angel said this, um, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves Emmanuel because he will save his people from their sins. Um, The word was Emmanuel. So he'll be an important baby. He'll be son of God. He'll be the most important baby ever. And, and Matthew, yeah, Matthew makes this point, and I'll just read the New International Version. This is the message version. He said this, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Joseph was obedient. Now what does this mean? What was the angel talking about? About 500 years earlier, um, uh, there was uh, a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7. And what was going on at the time was um, Jerusalem was in great trouble. And uh, King Ahaz at the time was the king and he was really worried what is going to happen. And God says to King Ahaz, King Ahaz, what you should do is ask me to give you a sign of hope. And King Ahaz said, no, 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 no. You do not put the Lord your God to the test. Which is stupid if the Lord your God's asking him to do it. Anyway, that's what King Haynes did in this kind of false religiosity. And Isaiah the prophet was looking on and said, mm, face palm. So Isaiah said to God, maybe can you give me the prophecy? And that's the prophecy that God gave Isaiah. It was a reassurance to the, uh, the Israelites. What exactly was God talking about? This child that would be born called God is with us or Emmanuel. Is he talking about Jesus? Is this a prophecy that will be fulfilled in 500 years time? I mean, it seems a bit strange that that's going to be much hope for the people who are worried about the army coming into defeating Jerusalem. We know that um, this boy will be a sign and he'll be a sign for the Israelites. And we know from, if you read the rest of Isaiah 7, the boy will be born naturally to a young woman. It says virgin, but it can also mean a young woman. And that, that before this young child can even work out the difference between good and bad food, is the way the prophecy goes, that, um, that Israel's enemies will be defeated. So his name means Emmanuel, God is with us, because this child is going to be some kind of a reminder, a symbol, that God is with the, the people of Israel. Now we have uh, a child, Leo, and he was born at Christmas six years ago, or two weeks before. So we called him Leo John Emmanuel Caroline. Now we didn't think that he was God with us. But we thought, yeah, he's a reminder of Christmas, and he's a reminder that God is with us, that he's blessed us with his child. And that's what I think was going on 500 years earlier. 
the prophecy to Isaiah. But sometimes the Bible does a cool thing. You know how sometimes when you're having um, your Christmas presents on Christmas morning and you've got all your Lego and you've got your, your toy and you've got the new pair of undies that your mum's given you and you've got that weird thing that everyone's into, the stable table. Remember the stable table? You've got one of those from your mum as well, don't worry. And you think they're all your presents. And then your mum and your dad go back in the back room and they come out with a big shiny silver bike. Right? There's one more present. Just when you thought you had all your presents, there's one more present. Well, the Bible sometimes does that with prophecy. Sometimes things are fulfilled and everyone's happy. And then later, another present comes out. The prophecy is fulfilled again, even more amazingly. And this seems to be what's happened with the prophecy about Emmanuel. What seems to have happened is that, yes, there was a child born sometime around maybe 400 BC. We don't really know who it was, who was the Emmanuel, who was the reminder that God is with him, with Israel, who was a reminder that God would, would fulfill his promises. We don't know who that was really, lots of speculation. But when the Gospel writer Matthew saw Jesus born, he said, this is the ultimate fulfillment. This is the ultimate present from God. This is the ultimate Emmanuel. This is the ultimate God is with us. It's so great. And why is this important? Well, it shows us two really good things. It shows us that God wants to be with us. God had originally promised to Abraham that he would be their God and, 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 and the people would be his people and that they would have a special relationship with each other. And this is a fulfilment of that. If you're going to be God to someone, you may as well go be with them. But secondly, it wasn't just being with them, it was being near to them. You know how sometimes on Christmas Day you'll have relatives and in one side of the corner they'll be in the lounge room and the other relatives will be on the corner and not talk to each other? That's with, but not near. But God was with and near. He wanted to be amongst. He wanted to talk and get to know. And, and, and so that's what he was doing in the Emmanuel child. You know, before Jesus was born, God was with his people in the temple. But now, even more amazingly, he's with and near them in Jesus. We could not do the same thing in reverse. If we wanted to be with and near Jesus, we couldn't, with God, with and near God, we couldn't go up to be with him. He had to come down to be with and near us. And he did this to save us by grace and to rule us as well by his law. And he does that in our hearts, not just from far away. He does that near and with us. And right now, Jesus is present with us this Christmas morning. So the Emmanuel prophecy is pointing to a reality that we experience now, not just the prophecy of Jesus being born 2,000 years ago, but Jesus being with us now. Because when he died and rose and ascended, and his spirit was sent to the church, his people, we get Jesus' presence now. And being with us had a cost for God. He entered into a world where on day one, King Herod was trying to have him killed. He entered into a world where straight away his mum and dad had to flee Bethlehem and go to Egypt and become refugees in fear of Herod's army. He entered into a world where he would personally be faced with suffering and the suffering and evil of other people. 
And God did this because he wanted to be with and near us. So in the same way that God wanted to be with and near us, we've been created that way. We have that aspect of God's quality, that characteristic. We want to be with and near other people. And that's what we're feeling on Christmas Day. We're reminded of that. So what does that mean for our daily life? No matter what your situation is this Christmas, you can have hope because God is with and near you. If you are lonely and have no close family... One of the wonderful gifts God gives to those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour is that you have a new family. You have new brothers and sisters. You have God as your father. You have Jesus as your ultimate big brother. And you have the brothers and sisters of the community of the church. And that is an amazing new life, a new transformation, a new sense of witness and nearness and community and intimacy and love. You can also pray and know that God is listening because he's with and near you. And you can think also about your future. And that's where I want to end. Because when Matthew says that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, he's also pointing us to our future in heaven when we are face to face with God. And let me finish with these words from Revelation 21, the ultimate Christmas party where everyone is longing to be there and feeling the joy and celebrating with each other. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Merry Christmas, everyone.